0: Inside sources. Inside sources, behind the scenes experience in Washington and around, around the, the world. world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a Thursday. I am recording today from Tokyo, Japan. More on why I'm in Japan in just a moment. Uh, But as always, we uh, have a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 30 minutes in radio. So let's get to some of the headlines first, and then I want to spend the bulk of our time this half hour talking about D-Day and uh, some great remembrances and some important lessons to be learned uh, for all of us now and for the future. So just taking a, a quick peek at the uh, political headlines and some of the issues going on around the world today. Uh of course the president is uh in Europe uh as part of the uh D-Day celebration and I am one of those who believes uh in the the water's edge that when the president is uh out of the country regardless of which political party that president may represent uh it's time to uh to put down the uh, political battles. And the political long knives and to unite as a country, especially on a a day like today where we're focused on this historic 75th anniversary of D-Day and really a hinge point moment uh, in the history of freedom around the world, not just America, but uh, around the world. And and so I uh, was a little discouraged uh, today uh, here in Japan. And uh, looking at the headlines and and, of course, one of the main headlines coming out of the day was a a meeting by uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and many of her top uh, lieutenants there in the Democratic Party, many of the committee chairmen. And in that particular meeting, uh, of course, uh, Nancy Pelosi has been trying to resist the uh, urge from many of her Democratic colleagues to jump into the impeachment proceedings. And she made a statement, and again, these are closed-door meetings, so a lot of this stuff is getting linked out, uh, leaked out, but it is uh, confirmed by several sources, and that is that within this meeting, she told her counterparts, uh, these uh, committee chairmen, that she didn't want to see the president impeached. She wanted to see Donald Trump in prison. Now, that's, that's a problem. Uh, I called out then-candidate Trump. Uh, as he very gleefully through the twenty sixteen campaign would often lead or encourage the chant of "lock her up," uh, as it related to a political rival uh, in uh, the former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, who was his main rival in twenty sixteen, of course. And to me, I just thought that was wildly inappropriate. That you have someone who was vying for the top spot in the free world to be the president and to be saying, hey, this, this is a political opponent, and I, I want to see her locked up. It was wrong then, uh, and it's really wrong uh, for Nancy Pelosi to do the same now, to say that she'd like to see the president in prison. Uh, that's thats not how we do this. <laughs> the three branches of government need to exist. They need to do their function. The uh, the House, in particular, needs to do their oversight. Uh, that's part of their constitutional duties, and they need to do that, do it thoroughly, do it well. Uh, but when we weaponize everything for political purposes, that's where we get into trouble. We always get into trouble uh, when we start playing that game. And I think it's a especially dangerous to be playing that game while the president is out of the country uh, on a uh, on a uh, again a tour to celebrate uh, those who really gave the ultimate sacrifice for freedom—not just for American freedom, but for freedom around the world. You look at what we faced uh, 75 years ago. And uh, this was really heroic, and so I I think it's it's poor form on the part of Nancy Pelosi and uh, her colleagues there in the House. Uh, I also think it's been poor form this week for some of the uh, political takes that the president has had in Ireland and with other uh, leaders. And again, it's just not helpful. Let's focus. It's not that hard. <laughs> focus always precedes success, and we need a president that's focused. We need members of Congress that are focused on the right things. Uh, and so we, we we have to look at that. Uh, other quick headlines I always want to pop through. Uh, obviously, we're still uh, counting down. The president has said that Monday uh, is the deadline for uh, tariffs for Mexico. Those are ongoing talks there, trying to figure that out. Uh, and also a revolt from Republicans in the Senate, in particular, uh, over tariffs and trade. And again, even while the president is out of the country, uh, this is one that's weighing on a lot of folks' minds. Uh, and one that we're going to continue to watch real closely. Um, Last thing I want to hit, just as it relates to a lot of these political things going on, uh, I need to remind the political folks that uh, restraint always works. (laughs) Restraint, that sounds really easy. Uh, I've often said in in business meetings that the the when-to is just as important as the how-to or the what-to and we are losing sight of that and just because we can say something just because we can tweet something just because we can give an interview and and uh, say something it does not mean that we should and restraint restraint matters you know again tying into D day the the discipline the focus uh, that was required to execute that strategy and to to do something so daring um, is something worth remembering and worth coming back to. And we'll we'll talk about that in our second segment today. We'll talk about some of the lessons from D-Day and some of the things we've lost over the years uh, as it relates to that. Uh, I will say one of my favorite little bits of commentary that I have heard uh, over here in Japan. It's been very interesting to, uh, to watch the coverage uh, from various news sources uh, here in Japan as it relates to D-Day. And uh, But I was fascinated by one uh, BBC reporter who, in kind of setting the stage with all of these different world leaders uh, that were there, um, said that all of these world leaders, President Trump, President Macron, uh, Prime Minister May, that they all stood in the shadows of the real heroes of the day. And I thought, you know what, that's pretty good perspective uh, in terms of uh, what's really going on or what really should be going on, uh, and so anyway, we'll continue to to monitor all of the political happenings, uh, and I'll be broadcasting uh, from Japan uh, for the next few days, uh, all the way till Monday next week. We'll be uh, here in Japan, and so why why are we broadcasting from Japan? I guess is the next big question. So let's address that. Uh, so I am here to cover the G Twenty Interfaith Forum. Uh, well, what is that? It, it is sort of the uh, precursor or a uh, pre-meeting uh, to the G20 Economic Summit, which most people are familiar with. The G20 Economic Sus, uh, Summit uh, used to be known as the Summit on Financial Markets and the World Economy. Uh, and so later this month in Osaka, Japan, um, the big economic c- countries uh, will gather together the heads of uh, of these uh, of these countries will will come. They they represent about eighty percent of the, the world's GDP, and it's been an interesting thing to to look at because these the G twenty economic leaders uh, they, they typically focus on you know economics, finance, trade, monetary policy, those kinds of things. But as the as the country as, as the countries of the world have become more intertwined and increasingly interdependent, uh, the G twenty summits have expanded. Uh, to include other issues that are facing the world, including climate change and refugees, health, terrorism, sustainability, poverty, upward mobility, all of those things. Uh, But I think the G20 powers would be really, really smart uh, as they begin their session later this month to, uh, to look at what's going on in Tokyo this weekend at the Interfaith Forum. So the G20 Interfaith Forum is held every year. Uh, It's prior to the Economic Summit, as I mentioned, and uh, assembles uh, people from around the world, various religious organizations, faith leaders, government officials, NGOs, Uh, They talk about the role that they should be playing in order to solve significant issues around the world. And so I'm going to be here uh, covering that uh, along with uh, my colleague from the Deseret News, Kelsey Dallas, uh, who focuses on faith and religion. And uh, there's a lot of very interesting uh, discussions that will be had in terms of how do we really help humans flourish? How do we help communities? Uh, How do we really make a difference for those uh, in poverty or those refugees? Uh, Elder uh, Garrett W. Gong, a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, along with Sharon Eubank, Director of Latter-day Saint Charities and First Counselor in the Church's Relief Society General Presidency, uh, are here participating in the forum, as is Cole Durham from BYU, among others. Uh, the theme for 2019 is interesting. It is Peace, People, Planet, uh, a path and Pathways Forward. So Peace, People, Planet, Pathways Forward. Uh, so we'll continue to cover that as we go through the, uh, through the next few days. Uh, but it's really interesting to see how things get done, uh, what can be done at the government level, and what needs to happen through faith-based organizations and other civic groups, uh, civil society at its best. So we'll continue to, uh, to watch that. All right. We are going to step aside. When we come back, we're going to pick up on D Day and some important lessons to be learned, and one of the diseases that is killing the country and killing our memories. Don't go anywhere. This is Boyd Matheson from Japan today, Tokyo. Uh, stay with us on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back. Inside sources, Inside sources. behind the scenes experience in Washington and around, around the world. world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Lloyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources. This is great to be with you on a Thursday. As I mentioned before the break, we are broadcasting from Tokyo, Japan, uh, as part of the G20 Interfaith Forum. Uh, over the next few days here in Tokyo, there will be some great uh, lessons, some great insight in terms of policy, in terms of how faith groups. Government, NGOs, other organizations can work together to alleviate suffering and help uh, humans really thrive and flourish uh, in our communities around the world. So we'll continue to report on that. I do want to spend just a little bit of time today. Obviously, it is a big D-Day commemoration, 75th anniversary today. And I want to hit a few of the, the important lessons there and some of the things that worry me to be honest, in terms of moving forward. I mean, here we are. We're just 75 years removed from having to take on uh, Hitler and Nazi Germany uh, in the uh, ultimate expression of hate and intolerance uh, and superiority. And and yet, how much of that do we still see in the world today, where we see that kind of uh, attitude continue to creep in, anti-Semitism and all kinds of uh, persecution Uh, The Internet allows us to do so many things uh, in such anonymous ways that I I worry that uh, there's a a lot that we're losing and sliding back toward uh, as we continue to try to march forward. Well, a couple of uh, highlights from the day. Uh, Obviously, to me, one of the uh, one of the great moments was early this morning there on Omaha Beach and uh, you had the uh, the lone uh, bagpiper. Uh, playing there and to me that's just uh, that is just stirring Uh, my my Scottish blood and my Scottish juices get going when uh, you hear a good bagpipe Uh, but it was so powerful Uh, you think of what took place on that morning as the sun came up really just extraordinary courage and uh, heroism at its finest uh, as so many uh, knew that they uh, would not survive the day uh, but went on uh, for freedom's sake uh, of all the ceremonies that, that took place, obviously there were leaders, there were veterans, there were families, uh, and a few, a few, there's only a few of them left, of those who were actually there that day and uh, participated in the events that really led to uh, to victory uh, over Nazi Germany and uh, the continuation of freedom moving forward. Uh, gratitude was a common theme uh, from the day. You You heard a lot of that. Theresa May, outgoing Prime Minister of uh, Great Britain, uh, she used that uh, several times in her remarks today. Uh, She said, if one day can be said to have determined the fate of generations to come in France, in Britain, in Europe, and the world, that day was the 6th of June, 1944. Uh, She continued on. She said, as the sun rose that morning, uh, not one of the thousands of men arriving in Normandy knew whether they would still be alive when the sun set. Uh, To the veterans, she said, the only words we can say are thank you. Uh, And that's really where I want to pick up today, is uh, I really worry that we are forgetting. And it's so easy to forget. And and yet that is one of the great challenges to any vibrant society. It's simple forgetfulness. Uh, I have said countless times on this show that that which we forget our children may never know. What our children do not know, our grandchildren are unlikely to possess. So I want to talk about remembering for just a minute. Uh, Real remembering includes not only the the history, but the the principles. So it's not just the history of of these great heroes and heroines uh, that went before us. It's the principles that they live by. Uh, And I have have long said that what the world really needs is a, a renaissance of remembering. Because faith and freedom and family, uh, all of those things, they, they can falter in the face of forgetfulness. And commitments that were once concrete uh, can crack and crumble through neglect and forgetfulness. Uh, and this is, uh, to me, one of the real issues. because Because simple casualness or neglect by one generation can rapidly spiral into apathy in the next. Uh, and I think we've seen that. And so there is a case, especially on days like today, not just to remember, not just to remember an event or a moment in time, a moment in history, but to, to really remember what led to those moments. What were the principles that drove those moments? And to me, that's what we've got to get back to. If we don't get back to that, uh, nothing else is really going to matter in the end anyway. Uh, and that leads to the, the second component that I think is important uh, on days like today and that is gratitude. Yeah, you heard uh, Prime Minister May talk about the word of the day, gratitude. And I really think uh, ingratitude is one of our big challenges. Uh, in fact, one of, my, one of my favorite authors, William George Jordan, uh, turn-of-the-century editor and essayist, essayist uh, he wrote this. He said, "Ingratitude, the most popular sin of humanity is forgetfulness of the heart the individual who possesses it finds it the shortest cut to all the other vices. So uh, William George Jordan saying that ingratitude is the most popular sin of humanity. And think about it. You know, we live in this world of instant gratification. uh, So easy to just keep racing forward. Uh, It's almost an ingratitude inducing entitlement mentality. And, when we allow ingratitude, again, that leads us to anger, contempt, greed, laziness, short-sightedness, small-mindedness, cold-heartedness, all of those things uh, all stem from ingratitude. It, it, it's really fascinating. I've loved listening to, to Dave and Debbie talk about uh, finances on their show over the last uh, month or so uh, and love what they're trying to do in terms of getting people focused. But there's there's also another component to this. And gratitude is at the center of it. Lee Brower uh, is a a great financial planner, financial expert. He's been involved in all kinds of study about family with with fortunes, with a a lot of assets, and and why that wealth does not get passed down beyond a generation or two. And it's not bad investments. It's not, uh, you know, riotous living. The the reason why those fortunes rarely make it to the second or third generation is ingratitude. Think about that. That's the, he says it's the number one reason why wealth does not continue from generation to generation. Uh, as we continue to talk about that on KSL News Radio, we, we need to look at, hey, yes, we've got to get our finances, but we've also got to teach this thing called gratitude because that's a very big part of our financial security in the long haul. We'll talk about that a little deeper on, a, on another day. Um, but we've got to get to this gratitude thing. Uh, because I, I really believe that the courage to face our own ingratitude um, may be one of the most uh, daunting tests we have uh, in terms of personal character. Uh, and so we we have to learn to do that. And again, days like today are, are nice to remind us uh, of what really matters and, and why it matters. And so we have to get to those. Uh, and we should just be... Uh, filled with that gratitude. Let me give you one more quote from William George Jordan. He said, let us conceive of gratitude in its largest, most beautiful sense that if we receive any kindness, we are debtors, not merely to one person, but to the whole world. Let us realize that it is in kindness to all that we can begin to repay the debt to one. Uh, And so having that kind of gratitude, and I am most uh, grateful today uh, for those who who fought, who gave their lives, uh, who risked all, uh, that we can have the blessings of freedom in our country. And we should remember, as always, when we say we stand on the shoulders of giants, we should remember that the only reason we can stand on their shoulders is because they were willing to square them. And we have way too much shoulder shrugging going on in this country, in this world, We point fingers, we place blame. It's time to square our shoulders and step forward and do our part. Gratitude to all of those who have served in our military, those who lead the cause of freedom. Most grateful for all of you on this 75th anniversary of D-Day. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us from Japan. We'll be back from Japan tomorrow, so don't go anywhere. Catch us on Inside Sources tomorrow at 1230. This is Boyd Matheson. I am the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us. And as always, as you go out into the world today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference.